talking with your girlfriend that was so good you wish it had been recorded? Think those conversations would be great to be able to share? Wondering if there's support or research for the recommendations your smart girlfriends give you about mental, spiritual, and physical health? This podcast is born to answer those kinds of questions. Hello, I'm Sherry Coleman-Collins, registered dietitian nutritionist, and here with me in the studio is my girlfriend, Dee Wilson. We are excited to have you joining us today for this edition of the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Dee, how are you today? I'm doing great, Sherry. How are you? I'm awesome. On today's show, we also have one of my other favorite girlfriends as a guest. Anne Dunaway Tay is a registered dietitian nutritionist, too, and a family nutrition expert. She's a passionate menu planner, which led her to join forces with her friend and colleague Leslie Baradell to form My Menu Pal, where they create practical, simple recipes for everyday life. She lives with her husband in Atlanta with her two children and two mops, a.k.a. <laughs> cute, fluffy dogs. And welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sherry and Dee. It's Hi, great to be yeah. here. Well, we're so glad that you could join us. And as we get started, um, can you tell just a little bit about how we know each other? Because <laughs> Anne and I are good friends. Yes, we do. It feels like we go way back, um, but I don't know. <laughs> how long has it been? Uh, we actually first met at Georgia State University when we were both back in school, um, becoming registered dietitian nutritionists. Yeah. Uh, Sherry, actually, you were a year ahead of me at school. Mm-hmm. And then about two years later, we worked together at Cobb County Schools as area supervisors in school nutrition um, until I jumped ship a few years after that mm-hmm. and went out and started my own business. And then here we are now. That's right. And I've loved watching your journey, both as a friend and as a mom and as an entrepreneur. And um, when I thought about, you know, having an episode, D and I talked about doing an episode on menu planning and meal planning. Immediately, you were the first person I thought of. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we're excited that you're here. And I think um, we'll just dive right into this topic because I think it'll be a full episode. So to get us started, um, can you give sort of um, a little bit of background on what is the part um, that menu or meal planning plays in in being healthy? So sort of as a dietitian, but also as a mom and as a busy working mom at that. Sure. And, you know, I'll honestly say I did not, I was not a menu planner until I had children. Mm. Before that, I was kind of like, what do I feel like eating today? What am I in the mood for? Mm -hmm. I'll go to the store and grab what I need on the way home and cook it up. And, you know, that worked fine. It was just, you know, myself or, you know, once I got married, my husband and I. But then once I had kids, it just didn't work that well, especially as a, you know, working mom. You know, I needed to plan ahead. And so I thought beginning of a year, probably about seven years ago, well, no, it was probably like eight, nine years ago, I thought, okay, I'm going to start making a menu plan every week. And, you know, I started small, just a few days a week, and then realized what a tremendous difference it made for me. And then, you know, there's actually a lot of research to show that when you do plan out your meals in advance, you eat better. Um, so you're going to have a healthier meals overall. You can better control the ingredients and you save lots of money because you're not, you know, running out to getting last minute ingredients or you're not running, you know, you're too tired to cook or you don't have anything in the house. So then you're going to go out to eat. Um, so you end up saving a lot of money. And in the end, it actually does save time, too, when you start planning out in advance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, meal prep, the idea of meal prep has gotten so popular on social media. We're seeing it everywhere. 
but I think it can be really intimidating for people. And, you know, can you give some ideas or some tips or some thoughts about how to make that process maybe a little less scary or less intimidating for people? Sure. And I think that, you know, when people think of the meal prep, you know, because you see, you know, you'll see on social media, like Sunday meal prep, or sometimes we'll do it Saturday. Their pictures look awesome. So, yeah, and, and you see this huge spread of food of like tons of dishes. And you're like, oh my gosh, that must take all day. And I, I think the, the biggest thing is just starting small. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like maybe if you can plan out when you come home from the grocery store, just carve out a little bit extra time to maybe prep the vegetables that you bought that day. It doesn't have to be a whole lot. Meal prep could also be, you know, maybe one night when you do have time to cook dinner, you cook some extra vegetables on the side that could be used again for another time. So it doesn't have to be you're cooking, you know, prepping everything for the entire week at once, because I think that's what looks intimidating is the amount of food or if people are doing all these different number of dishes. And so I think it's just start with one or two things to prep in advance. And that could be, you know, in it, everyone's schedule is different. It could be that you have time on the weekend to do it. It could be you have time in the morning to do it. If you like to get up early and have some quiet time, maybe that's a time to do it. Or again, like if you're cooking dinner, something's in the oven and you've got some extra time, maybe you could prep some vegetables or maybe there's a room in the oven to throw in something else. So I think, again, it's just starting small with one or two things and then just see how that works for you and see how much easier it can maybe help. And then you can slowly start to carve out more and more time and be a little more intentional about when you do it. Mm-hmm. So when you started meal prepping, you said that you found that when you had children, that it was much more difficult to, you know, buy your ingredients on the way home and cook it the same day. How did that kind of evolve for you? Did it start out with, oh, I'm just going to throw some extra vegetables in? Or did you try to do a whole week at a time? How did that kind of evolve? I I think I did, you know, kind of try to jump in with both feet. And I did, you know, and I got like, I, you know, went online and I found some different forms and, you know, I tried a bunch of different things at first, but I found this one form off of one website. I can't remember now which one. I think it was called orgjunkie.com, which she still does a menu plan Monday thing. And um, a lot of people like link up to it. Then um, I think I printed out one of her free printables and used that where I just kind of looked at the week ahead and started kind of earmarking some stuff and maybe had some favorite recipes that I liked or some that I wanted to try and just kind of try to throw those in. And then I made a grocery list to go along with it and just realized, and then at the end of the week, I was like, wow, that made my life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody, again, may want to start out with one whole week in advance. Again, if you just want to start with one or two meals in advance, that's a great place to start, too. Mm-hmm. Do you do do you meal plan or do you do menu planning? I do. Yeah. I do meal prep. Okay. So because of the way um, that my schedule works, um, it's just much easier for me to do everything mm-hmm. on Sunday and yeah. we've got it down to a science now. We've got the Instapot going, we've got the Crock-Pot going and some skillets and it's me and my husband and it does take about three to four hours, but we have food for the whole week for, you know, him, my son and myself. Um, and that's just worked out right. It's been the only way that I've been able to lose weight. I've lost 40 pounds in the last year wow. and it's because I planned out my food. I knew what I was going to have that what I was going to have and I stopped stopping, you know, on the way home. So, right. That's awesome. And that's exactly, I think, you know, and I think you're just right when you said, you know, you got it down to a science now. I think everyone's got to, 
you know, figure out what works works best for them them and with with your time. And you don't know until you kind of get in the kitchen and start experimenting, but it's probably really good quality time too, you know, it's probably the only time that we get to spend hours together Mm -hmm. um, because of my work schedule, his work schedule. So it's, it's quality time for us. I don't know if he thinks of it that way, <laughs> <laughs> but I see it that way. Now, is your son old enough to get involved, or is he? He is. He's not going to do that. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Then, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll throw on, like, we have different playlists that each, you know, I think every, you know, both my kids have their own playlist. And so sometimes if I want to encourage them to do something in the kitchen with me. I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll put on your playlist for you. So that I put on a the- good idea. Oh, my God, I'm stealing that. <laughs> yeah, so you just put on their music. Then they're more apt to hang around. And it's okay if they don't really necessarily want to get involved. But at least they're exposed to it. Mm. And I think that's such a big thing that over time that exposure can really have a big impact on number one, them being willing to try and eat all the foods because we know that's an issue with kids, but also it kind of just exposed them that, hey, this is what you do. And it, I think it helps them see healthy habits. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome idea because my 16 year old is very particular about what he eats, but mm-hmm. he will try things at least once. So I might do that. That's good. And, you know, and I also, I mean, again, you know, certainly you want the, just to be like a fun time. But one thing I sometimes like to do is, you know, when I'm setting my menu plan is ask for input um, from other people in the family. And, and I'm saying that ask for input in a very particular way because I have a, 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 what's the word for it? I, I have an acronym. Thank you. Acronym <laughs> for my menu planning process that I'll, I guess maybe we'll talk about later. But so that's why I asked it that way. But, you know, if your kids are old enough, having them maybe be responsible for one meal. Like It might not be once a week. It might be like once a month. Having them help and plan it, shop for it, and prep it. And again, that gets them involved in the process and helps them buy in and you can pair it with maybe fun music. And again, over time, that kind of opens them up to maybe trying more foods. That's awesome. That, yeah. that buy-in is so difficult. Yes. I think I'm going to try that. I love that idea. And what, what age would you say, Anne, that um, is a good age to start doing that? So my son's four. He, he think he, If I asked him, like, you get to plan a meal, we would have... <laughs> <laughs> it would it would be it would be cookies and it would be crackers and it would be pretzels and that would be his meal. Right. And so yeah, I mean I think it you know depends on it's a little different with every child yeah. and I think it might be you know at that age you could maybe have him have a say in like you know, you could be like, what vegetable side dish do you want today? Kind of help, you know, maybe help with frame, it, add, frame yeah, it, yeah. Or, you know, help it with the one aspect of the meal. Sure. And so that maybe they don't plan the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And my son just turned nine. And so I, we've gotten him involved from time to time, but not probably as much as honestly as I should. But like, I, there was like a couple months ago where my husband one day was like, it was like a Sunday afternoon and I think I was prepping other things and my husband just grabbed my son's like, Hey, you're going to cook dinner first tonight. And so my, they made spaghetti and my husband really took over teaching him how to make spaghetti, which was kind of funny that I was like watching this, like, I'm the dietitian. I'm the cook. And my husband's <laughs> the one that's stand here. <laughs> my husband's beautiful. Re- yeah, I know. It's funny because my husband's really good at teaching children yeah. things. He's oh. actually better than I am. I will say that. And, um, and so it was kind of fun. So I think, you know, getting their buy-in and because sometimes, yeah, I ask him, you know, what do you want for dinner? It's going to be like cheeseburgers, chicken nuggets, pizza. Yeah. You know, what are kids' favorite? Fries aside. Yeah, right. Fries aside, right. And I mean, there are times that we certainly do have those foods, but then it's like, okay, if you really want to have the pizza for dinner tonight, then I'm going to make, um, you know, make it a better meal. Mm -hmm. But I do try Mm -hmm. to throw in more kid-friendly dishes on occasion. Yeah. 
So I love that. I think that I think that uh, meal prep, menu planning, all of that can be a family affair. Yes. I think that's really the takeaway is that, you know, getting in, as many people involved as possible in your household makes it easier and more successful because mm-hmm. they're more likely to eat the food that you're making, which right. is the goal at the end of the day, right? Is to save money, save time, reduce waste, help everybody be happy, but you're never going to make everybody happy at every meal. That's okay too, right? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's, I like to have one thing on the table that everyone's going to like. Um, and so that I know, you know, it might be cut up fruit tonight. You know, that yeah. that's the one thing I know everyone's going to like. Everybody likes least, mangoes. Right. <laughs> and that's there, my kid. And there are certain vegetables. <laughs> Yeah, I think Elise is a little funny about that too. But I, I think, you know, there are certain vegetables that I eat that no one else does. And I get maybe tired of our rotation of broccoli, green beans, and spinach that my kids would always eat. So, like, I'll throw in Brussels sprouts or asparagus. And it might be I'm the only one eating those, but I'll, you know, roast up a big batch. I can put those on the table as long with the other vegetables. So, mm-hmm. again, there's a mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that formula works really, really well for us, too, in our house as far as, like, you know, I'm spending my son and myself, and I will eat anything I cook because I don't cook things I don't like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and since I'm the cook, I get to choose. Always serve um, at least two things that I know that my son is going to eat. So um, usually our meals look something like uh, some sort of a protein. It might be vegetarian protein or it might be chicken or fish. And then I'll serve two vegetables, a side of fruit, and some sort of a starch or bread because my son will eat bread. He will always eat bread and he will not eat rice, which is the weirdest thing to me. There's some things that he won't eat yet that I'm just really like, why doesn't he like this? But we just go with it and don't make it a big deal. And I don't freak out if he doesn't eat anything you know, specific that I've served. I just make sure that there's at least one or two things that I know for sure he'll eat. Yes. That yeah. seems like a logical way, yeah? Absolutely. No, I think that's exactly what I, that's definitely what I always try to go for. And the way you structure meals is exactly what I do at home as well. Mm-hmm. That I really try to have, yeah, I mean, usually I have bread or a starch I know my children eat. And my, my kids will love rice, mm-hmm. but they won't eat things like potatoes. <laughs> Outside of French fries, of course, or potato chips, of course. But <laughs> they won't eat mashed potatoes. They won't, sometimes if I cut the um, potatoes like with a crinkle cutter mm-hmm. they will eat them and I roast them then they'll eat them that way hmm. so sometimes the shape apparently makes a difference I <laughs> fake out there. yes exactly exactly <laughs> well I think that that's I think that those are great tips for feeding families you know for feeding kids is making it look interesting making it look appealing you know taking some time to make sure that it's at the right temperature and that it's seasoned and you know those things make a difference even for a child's palate so when you're meal planning when your menu uh, meal prepping in your menu planning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing those things, thinking about those uh, smaller elements in advance as you're planning seems like an important part. Would you say? Absolutely. I think you know we you know the saying is we eat with our eyes, and the same is true with kids. You know if it looks fun and interesting, or making sure you don't over roast. I know like if anything's too brown, my daughter will not go for it. She doesn't <laughs> like brown. Definitely not black. So, <laughs> so you know you know you have to. And, and try different ways of cooking it. Yeah. Just because they don't like it steamed doesn't mean they may not like it roasted and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, keep trying because it and being persistent. And it takes time. I mean, my, you know, I did say my kids will eat, my son will eat more than my daughter. But my daughter's, her main things are broccoli, spinach, and green beans. Mm-hmm. But like the spinach took a while to get there. Mm-hmm. We had to keep introducing it, keep showing it to her, keep giving it to her, trying it with different ways. And now she loves it with like a ton of garlic. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. So when she first tried it, she didn't like it. Was she still willing to try it a different way? 
we would, you know, I would try different ways, and we, we would kind of have to you know, maybe have a little time lapse in between, but not too long. And we, we definitely had to do some encouragement to get her to try it. She definitely was not necessarily real willing and eager, but, you know, we encouraged her to try it. And over time, you know, we weren't forcing her by any means, and we weren't trying to play games, and we weren't trying to trick her. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely had to do a little bit of encouragement. And, again, over time, and then trying it, like, she loves Parmesan cheese. So then once we started adding, she likes garlic. So then once we kind of figured out the combination of mm. garlic and Parmesan cheese, she also loves soy sauce. I think one time we, my husband did it with soy sauce. So, again, trying to use those flavorings that we know she likes, mm-hmm. pulling that in, and then all of a sudden she became more open to it. Awesome. I think those are great tips. It's so important to think about um, the fact that a palate isn't flat, right? Your palate's not flat and neither is your child. So as you think about planning meals and trying new foods or encouraging your children to try new foods, thinking about all the different ways you can serve a certain food. You know, I, I hate to hear people say, oh, my child will never eat fill in the blank. You know, my child right. will never eat whatever. Because I think that, you know, there's so many different opportunities to eat that food in so many different ways. There's there's really no way you can say they'll never eat it because they haven't had the opportunity to try it in every single way yet. Right. And see, the hardest part for me is encouraging my son to try it several different ways. Mm-hmm. So he'll try it mm-hmm. once and then he's like, well, I don't. I don't like it. Right. And I'm like, well, there's 50 other ways that I can make this dish. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to like any of them. <laughs> and he, it's difficult to get him to try it the second, the third, or the 50th mm-hmm. way. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it is a struggle. And I, I think the, the key, though, is to keep trying and being persistent with mm-hmm. it and keep encouraging as much as you can, you know, and reminding, hey, you know, and sometimes I like to use, you know, depending on the age of the child, you can sometimes use analogies um, with them about, you know, trying it or I don't know if your son's like into sports or something like that but it's like you know I like to tell them you know depending on for older kids you can say this not younger ones but it's like you know the tongue the palate is like a muscle you gotta train it like if you like basketball did you go out and three pointers the first time you tried no you had to work at it you had to practice it you know same thing with opening up our taste buds it's something we can work on and try and so sometimes if a child's really active you might be able to use some of those analogies in those ways with sports with them that doesn't work for every child obviously but it's kind of something that I try to make them understand that you know something some things just don't come as easy to us and you know things can really taste good you just need to keep trying it in different ways Mm -hmm. it's interesting to think of the palate as a muscle that you basically train right Yeah. I like that when too, when you think about, you know, trying to help people reduce their sodium intake or, mm-hmm. you know, it, or eat f- foods that maybe even adults, you know, think that they don't like helping them yeah, rem- remember too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or they think of, you know, the time they were forced to eat as a child and yes. like this, they, I had, you know, this mushy pile of whatever. And it was horrible. Well, yeah. You know, this type of vegetable probably shouldn't be mushy. It was probably overcooked. Yes. You know, let's try it this way. Not overcooked. Right. right. Well, you know, we probably all have things where we need to open our minds a little bit more and be flexible about. This is true. So let's get back to thinking about, you know, um, menu planning. And can you sort of give us, uh, walk us through, you said you had an, an acronym right. that you so, use? Yes. Yeah. So we came up with an acronym for my menu pal called SCALES. Mm-hmm. And you say finding balance through menu planning. Uh, and so the SCALES acronym stands for um First, the S, you know, see what you have on hand, um, because that's really important. Obviously, you want to use what you already have on hand. Um, The C is for, like, check the calendar, see what events you have coming up for the week. What are, you know, are you really going to be able to cook 
you know, a couple times a week or do you have other things happening? And A, that ask for input. So maybe ask everybody else um, what they want. List out then your meals um, for what you want for the um, week. And then E, kind of earmark, okay, now I'm going to earmark the, de- the days or the list, sorry, it's the grocery list. List out what you need to buy, earmark the days of the week, and then the last S is for shopping. And so then you go and shop and buy all your ingredients and then you kind of can cook from there. So we actually have a really pretty infographic that spells this all out. Um, that people, if you want to go to mymenupal.com and go to resources, it's under infographics. Link there too. Yeah. yeah, and you can download that and kind of keep it up on the refrigerator or wherever you want. It's just a really pretty nice um, way just to kind of think about it in a process. And then, you know, for that seeing what's on hand, I like to keep little um, dry erase boards like on my freezer. So because I know my freezer can be kind of like a black hole and I have no (laughs) idea what's in there until I started listing out what leftovers I have in there, what, you know, maybe proteins I've bought at the store. So I can quickly see, okay, these are things I have on hand that I can use. Um, and so that I know that I don't necessarily need to go buy chicken from the store. I've got in the freezer and then I might need to mark it on my calendar. When do I need to pull that freezer out of the freezer and to thaw in the refrigerator so that it's thawed out in time for me to cook it? I use an app called out of milk and that has been like awesome for me because I basically do an inventory of the freezer about once a month. Perfect. And I have a big pantry downstairs and then a small one upstairs in the kitchen, but I keep an inventory of both of those things. And so I've been at the store and been like, I don't think I have ketchup. That's a great idea. Out of milk. Out of milk. Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, I need definitely to check it. Because, I mean, apps really can make our lives better. And there's there's definitely meal planning apps out there. There's all kinds of prepping ones. I mean, there's so many different things. Or, you know, using just like your grocery list apps. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many different ones to to look at. But out of milk, I'm just looking at that one. Yeah, me too. I use um, an app called ListPro. And mm. List Pro allows you to uh, customize a list. It could be any type of list. I also have lists for travel and for other things that it, I do in my life. But for my grocery list, you as you create your list, then those items are always available. And you just check the things that you need as you need them. And I just make my list day by day as I notice I need something. I add it to the list by checking it. And then I can sort my list by the things that I need. It's not, as, it's not a beautiful, fancy app. It's just a really simple, useful, you know, utilitarian simple app. Simple is more useful. Yeah, yes, exactly. yeah. For me, I just, I want something that's really easy. It's not, it doesn't have any bells and whistles, but it does the job for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it. You can customize it, as I mentioned, as well. So it's a good one. That's good, yeah. Um, Leslie, I think, uses Grocery IQ. And oh. she keeps all of her different lists by store like on that one. I've used Grocery IQ. I love that app. Too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I just kind of used my Kroger app has a list function that I tend to use more than anything, though it's, you know, it definitely has its pluses and minuses at times. So we've talked a little bit about, um, about your scales idea, the infographic, mm-hmm. and we'll link to that from our um, page two. And then um, we talked about some apps. Are there any other tools or things that you think people could have on hand or use to make the whole process of meal planning or menu um, planning easier? Well, I think, you know, having a place to kind of write it down just so you know, because sometimes it's easy to kind of, oh, I just have it in my head what I'm going to make on this day. But again, you got to remember, all right, but two days prior, I need to pull the chicken out. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you do that on paper, you have like a dry erase board, or if you want to do it, you know, 
via an app somehow, but having some way. And then that way, you know, especially if it's in the kitchen, you know, kids are all kind of running through her husband. What's for dinner tonight? It's right there on the wall. Go read it. Chicken, yeah. And then that way, again, they can maybe help fill it out too. Again, it, it helps that buy-in from the whole family about what's for dinner. Yeah. Um, so I like having something like that. And then just, you know, having some organization, um, to kind of your pantry, you know, my husband's probably laugh if he hears that, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, having some organization gets so you find things and you know, what's on hand. Right. And I love that the out of milk idea, um, app idea again for knowing your inventory, mm-hmm. what do you have, what do you mm-hmm. need? Cause things get buried easily. It's like, wow, look at this bag of brown rice I forgot about that's mm-hmm. sitting here that I could use. Or mm-hmm. the third loaf of bread that I'm putting in the freezer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think those are all useful tools to have on hand. And then just, you know, really maybe scheduling in your calendar. Mm-hmm. When am I going to kind That's of look what I was at, thinking. Yeah. So I think, you know, put it, just scheduling actually in your day, in your calendar, whether you need to set an alarm on your phone or put an actual calendar appointment to then make your grocery list, you know, to do your inventory, to plan out what meals you're going to have, and then maybe do that prep time or make time to go shopping. And then as soon as you're done shopping, you do a little bit of prep. Um, I think just having that all laid out like you schedule anything else, that way you know it's going to happen and you've got time set aside for it and that nothing in that, you know, you make sure you do it. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of prepping some things when you first get back from the grocery store because mm-hmm. that's something I, I do. It's already out, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I'm putting it in the roof because I have this thing about touching things twice. Like I want to touch it once so I can move on to something else. Right. And I'm thinking about, I'm putting them in the fridge, then I'm taking them out the next day and you know, why not just kind of run a knife through them and put mm-hmm. them in and then the next day all I have to do is start cooking. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It makes it much that. easier. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, th- I think that is a huge time saver for me too. And I, and I, a lot of times will go ahead and make my salad. I'll go ahead and, you know, for, for the week I make a big salad. So I'll go ahead and wash everything that's going in the salad, dry it, chop it, put it in a big bowl. And then all week we just pull from that bowl. So that is one of the things that I do. I'm actually not a great um, meal prepper in advance. I def- I do menus. So I do a menu every week, you know, four to five meals a week. For sure. And then um, and then I do some prep in advance, but I actually am one of the rare people that loves cooking. <laughs> I'm with you, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to cook every day. So part of cooking, for me, part of uh, my self-care and relaxation is built around having time to cook every day. And when I don't have time to cook, um, one or two days in a row, I feel it. And it really, I need to get back in the kitchen. That's kind of my happy place. So for me, that's a big part of, um, of relaxation and self-care. But I know that's not true for everybody. So for people who are going to do a lot of advanced prep, are there any, um, do you think that people need to buy containers or, you know, is there anything that in that vein that you think could be on hand, you know, people could have on hand that would help them? Yeah, I think having, you know, good containers that you can keep things in if you're going to be doing the prepping in advance and probably DIY. You can probably tell us in a second what you use, but I think just having good old fashioned masking tape oh. and a sharpie. Or, masking or, tape and a sharpie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, print yeah, marker and label, 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 people. You know, label what is is in there because you think, oh, I'll remember this a few days later. Or if it's going to the freezer, you're not going to have any idea what that looks, what it is, what's exactly. it's frozen. Or, and then you know what day it was there because I mean, there are times leftovers is like. How old is that? <laughs> you know, and of course, when in doubt, throw it out. But it just helps again. The sniff test is not no. the best one. No, it is not. It's not. That's not <laughs> is there mold on this? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can't always tell. So what do you use, Dee, for keeping all your food? I just use um, like plastic containers. We cook mm-hmm. every week and pretty much everything that's left over at the end of the week gets thrown out. So, you know, just big 
plastic containers and people can choose what they want to eat that day. Um, we don't do the like singular meal containers because, mm-hmm. you know, what if I want the chicken with the broccoli instead of the chicken with the Brussels sprouts? So mm-hmm. right. and people can choose their portions and they, I say people, there's three of us. <laughs> <laughs> All 14 people. In the yeah. yeah. <laughs> three people in the house. Um, so it just, you know, we label them what it is and stick it in the fridge and you're good to go. That's awesome. Yeah. I use Pyrex. I, I'm a I'm a glass Pyrex container person. Um, we use Anchor Hawking too. Those are the two brands that I buy. Um, they're made in the U.S., which I love. <laughs> Supporting U.S. But I also love that um, you can see through them. Yes. So I like the fact that, you know, I've got these glass containers that are completely clear. I can see what's inside them, and they, they stack really nicely in the refrigerator. So I can, you know, prep vegetables in advance and put them in there, and I can see what I've got so then it's easy enough to just pull them out. And when I do get ambitious and do you know some really you know significant in advance prep I I label them with what it is and I'm not good about putting the date on things though I need to be better (laughs) about that I'm better about it when it goes in the freezer honestly than when it goes in the refrigerator but I need to be better at the refrigerator because there's been a few times lately like I can't remember what day we had that and then you have your menu planned well but if it's not if I erase it though from the dry erase board then then I'm trying to left to remember so (laughs) I do need to be better about that so is it true that, so I found that when I make salads, because we do like pre-made salads and I'll put them like in the mason jar and they look so pretty, <laughs> but I find that they last so much longer. So is that why you use glass or? You, you know, I, I, th- I think that the, I do find that the glass seems to keep my um, food fresher longer, but that might have something to do with the seals on the packet, on the um, containers that you're using would be my guess. Yeah. Right. I would think so too. I don't think yeah. there's necessarily a big difference versus plastic versus glass. I think yeah. it's more of a preference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it depends on like if you're carrying it to and from, you know, transporting a lot. Mm-hmm. Glass obviously is heavier. Yeah, that's so true. I think those are all, I mean, I've got a mix of both. Yeah. Um, I've got just, I've just recently got more glass and then, you know, the plastic, I think you definitely need to make sure you toss occasionally or like when it starts to get you know really discolored or it gets like you know the buildup and all that stuff I think it's just flaky yeah yeah, or misshapen if you've heated it yeah misshapen if you've heated it you know there's definitely some that I've kept too long um (laughs) you know need to be you know so I've been trying to make a bigger habit of kind of going through because that stuff just can take over yeah it gets really messy and yeah just that's why I use glasses I had plastic for a long time we used plastic and um I do still have some Tupperware containers some real Tupperware I love real Tupperware (laughs) I think they're ah they believe it or not they still sell it so I (laughs) I I actually use those um and I've kept those and I've tossed out almost everything else and then I keep the glass because they last much longer I don't have as many issues and you can replace the lids so the plastic lids if the plastic lids get torn or they get broken or they get punctured, they can be easily replaced and the glass lasts forever. So yeah, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Well, awesome. And I think you've given us some fantastic ideas, a great place to start with <laughs> menu planning and meal planning. And we are so grateful. Um, Dee, did yeah. you have any other questions? No, I think I asked all We one. covered it, right? Yeah. This is this has been really great. I think you've encouraged people. Well, good. I hope so. And it's been a great conversation. It's been fun being here. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell people who are listening? I think, you know, again, don't get overwhelmed with trying to plan out a whole week. Just start small. Start with one or two days and just kind of commit to doing it for maybe like two or three weeks. And then just and then try to, you know, once that feels good and you'll see how much easier it makes your life. I promise you really will. And then you can maybe add in another day, another day, you know, just kind of, again, start small and work your way up. Yep. And where can people find you? 
Uh, so you can find me on a uh, blog at MyMenuPal.com. Uh, we also have our MyMenuPal um, Facebook channel, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on all of those channels at um, Anne Dunaway Tay as well. So I've got um, multiple personality um, social media out there. <laughs> <laughs> not, mul- mul- not multiple personality disorders for the record. Yeah, exactly. Let's be careful how I say that. Yeah, I know, right? I have a couple different, um, you know, obviously my Anne Dunaway Tay is a little separate from the My Menu Pal. And I do things other than just menu planning, meal prepping. But if the menu planning, meal prep is all under My Menu Pal for the most part. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here, Anne. We've really learned a lot and been encouraged. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. It's been a lot of fun. So thanks for having me. Good. And Dee, thank you so much always for running the show and helping make sure that technically we stay on board and asking great questions. And um, I guess that's it for today um and we just have one more question that we always ask and that is what is the one thing you are going to do to be healthier today so i have not gotten in a lifting workout probably in about three weeks so i'm gonna go press some weight awesome that sounds really good (laughs) good for you what about you ann I think I'm actually going to do some yoga. I need to lift weights oh. too, but I think today I'm going to be doing the more of the stretching, kind of feeling that more need right now. Good for you. Yeah, I think this must be a physical activity day because <laughs> I'm also, I'm behind on my steps. And so, yeah. you know, anybody who knows me well knows I'm a 10,000 stepper. So I'm really trying to get my 10,000 steps in and I am a, a long way from that today. So, <laughs> so I'm going to be walking, putting my steps in. All right. Well, thanks so much to everybody for tuning in today. We really appreciate you listening to the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast, and we'll look forward to seeing you again real soon. Hey, y'all. It's Sherry again. I just wanted to pop back on real quick and say thank you again for listening to this episode of the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. I'm so excited that you're on this journey with us. As we build our audience and as other people start to listen in, I wanted to ask if you would help us spread the word. There are a few ways you can do that. You can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find those links and all the links from today's show on my website at southernfriednutrition.com. Also, if you like the show, please share it with a friend in whatever way works best for you. You can do that by social media or by text or by email. Finally, give us a thumbs up with a good rating to help other people know that this is a show that they'll enjoy listening to. Thanks again for tuning into the show. I can't wait to be with you again soon.